Welcome everyone, this is Russ Gausel, Chronicles of the End Times. So glad to be with you today. Today we're going to look into truth and what is truth and how important real truth is, especially to us who follow the Lord. It affects our life, it affects how we believe, how we pray, how we conduct ourselves. Truth is vital. It's the blood that runs through our system, our spiritual system that keeps us on track and increases our faith and enables us to pray with clarity. So we're going to look at the Gospel of John right in chapter 1, scripture that I'm sure many of you are familiar with. And we're going to look at the truth and what is the truth and what Jesus said about the truth. So let's read a little bit. Chapter 1 of the Gospel of John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. John's talking about Jesus here, obviously. And as the scripture says, and as John wrote himself, the one who Jesus loved. <laughs> and we know that Jesus loved them all. But John and Jesus had a special relationship. John could see the divinity in Christ. He just had the eyes to see exactly who Jesus was. They all had the revelation at one time or another, all the disciples. But here John lays it out clearly of how much understanding he had of exactly who this was that walked with him for three plus years. He tells us that he's the actual word of God. And that is so important as we look at Genesis and we understand that the whole universe was brought into being through the spoken word of God, through Jesus Christ. The entire universe, everything that exists, things we see, things we cannot see, are all because of Jesus. He called it into existence because it tells us that through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made, seen or unseen. So that's a vital truth. That's really the foundation stone of our belief in Jesus Christ, that he was not just a religious man, but he was God in the flesh. The spoken word of God, the same one who called all things into existence. Imagine, we've talked about it many times. In today's vernacular, we have my truth, right? This is my truth. And we have lots of opinions. And social media has enabled us to have even more opinions and at least publish them. Opinions are great. We're able to have those opinions. God given us that freedom. This country has given us that freedom to have those opinions. But to have our own truth really makes no sense. The real truth of the truth <laughs> is that we are running from the truth. I was brought up Catholic, went to Catholic school till I was in fourth grade, and I was well aware of 
God in the sense that I knew he existed and that he was all-powerful, and I was pretty much scared to death of him. Yet I ran from that truth as I got older because I didn't really want to think about it. My life that I led was not a life that was a godly life. Why would I want to think about God then in the way that I perceived him as someone who was just waiting for me to slow down long enough to hammer me into the ground? So I took what I knew about the truth of God, and I ran from it. Granted, it wasn't the truth that I came into later in my life when I realized who he really was, and I had a born-again experience and the revelation of the love of God wrapped around me as well as his holiness. But I think that truth is the truth that many of us run from. We don't really know who God is. We just hear about God in some variation of some type, in some experience we've had or people that we run into or someone that once told us or preached to us about it. And we don't have the whole truth. I played in a rock band for years. We sang in clubs in New York City and along the Jersey Shore. And I'd go to my wife and I would go to Saturday night mass, and then we'd run off to the club to play and do whatever we did. So those ties were deep as far as me trying to make sure that I had all the bases covered, even though I was not living for God. As we look around us today, we know that many people have truth. They say that, well, this is my truth. This is what I believe. And we know that just because we believe something doesn't make it true. Pontius Pilate had to deal with the truth, and he struggled with the truth. And we can read that in John's Gospel, chapter 18, when Jesus is brought before Pilate. There's a book written by Eugenia Constantino, and I really recommend it. The Crucifixion of the King of Glory. And it's an amazing historical document on the history all around the time Jesus was crucified, what was going on in the Roman Empire, what was going on with the religious community, all the ins and outs and things that we read and kind of skip over. She goes into the details of Pontius Pilate and Jesus face to face. There's a famous quote where in the King James it puts it in the Latin, quid es veritas, what is truth? And that's what Pilate was debating. You know, uh, the Romans, as well as the Greeks, they were great philosophers, right? They, they studied philosophy of many different religions. They had many gods. The Romans also believed that once in a while, the gods would come down in the form of man, and they would test man. So it's interesting to have that background because... A lot of things that Jesus said, and a lot of things that Pilate thought uh, that went through his head during this time, and how when Jesus was face to face with him, he wasn't afraid of Pilate, obviously. Pilate was not used to that, especially after Jesus was flogged and he came back. Let's pick up where that is. Then the Jews led Jesus from Caiaphas to the palace of the Roman governor. But now it was early morning. To avoid ceremonial uncleanness, the Jews did not enter the palace. They wanted to be able to eat the Passover. So Pilate came out and asked them, What charges are you bringing against this man? If he were not a criminal, they replied, would we not have handed him over to you? Take him for yourselves 
and judge him according to your law. But we have no right to execute anyone, the Jews objected. This happened so that the words Jesus had spoken, indicating the kind of death he was going to die, would be fulfilled. Pilate then went back inside the palace and summoned Jesus and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Is that your own idea, Jesus asked, or did others talk to you about me? It's important to stop here because Pilate really knew nothing about Jesus. This was not his normal thing. He did not follow every tiny detail that was going on among the Jews in their religion. He had other things that he was dealing with. And so this confrontation between him and Jesus is a brand new experience. He was trying to learn a little bit about Jesus. He was trying to learn a little bit about what all the commotion was about. So that's where we have to understand that Pilate is looking at him like, you know, who are you and why are these people really against you and what have you done? He's trying to figure it out. He's trying to get a little history here too. So he gets a little indignant. Am I a Jew? Pilate replied. It was your people, your chief priests who handed you over to me. What is it you've done? Jesus said, my kingdom's not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight for me and prevent my arrest by the Jews. But now my kingdom is from another place. You are a king then, said Pilate. Jesus answered, you are right in saying I am a king. In fact, for this reason I was born, and for this I came into the world, to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. And here's the key phrase in verse 38. What is truth? Pilate asked. With this he went out again to Jews and said, I find no basis for a charge against him. But it is your custom for me to release one prisoner to you at this time of Passover. You want me to release the king of the Jews? They shouted back, No, not him, give us Barabbas. Now Barabbas had taken part in a rebellion. Pilate's trying to get out of this. He doesn't want to sentence this man to death. He doesn't see a reason for it. Sentencing someone to death at this time was a big deal, and he wanted to make sure he was following the law, and he saw nothing in him. Jesus wasn't pleading for his life. He wasn't saying, I'm innocent, these people are liars, blah, blah, blah. He wasn't saying any of that. He was just standing there declaring the truth about who he was. To underline the fact that Pilate believed in the philosophy that the gods did come down on earth and walk among men, at least that that's what they believed, it got underlined when Pilate's wife came to him. We see that in Matthew chapter 27. While Pilate was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent him a message. Don't have anything to do with that innocent man, for I have suffered a great deal today in a dream because of him. So that underlined his fears. He's looking at Jesus, and he's hearing what Jesus has to say. And although he's declaring himself a king, which would be treason and a reason for him to be killed, Pilate is still trying to get out of this by offering up Barabbas and actually gets very ticked off because the Jews won't take his suggestion. So when Pilate saw he was getting nowhere, but the uproar of the crowd was getting worse, he said, I am innocent of this man's blood. It is your responsibility. And of course, the famous line, let his blood be on us and on our children, which turned out to be a terrible, terrible thing for them to confess 
As you know, in 70 AD, the whole temple was torn down, Jerusalem was destroyed, and millions of Jews were killed. goes along with the prophecy that Jesus said when he fell as he was carrying the cross, and the women were all around him crying, and he said, don't weep for me, but weep for your children. So truth is vital. Even though Pilate just couldn't grasp a hold of what was going on, but he feared this man, this man that he didn't even know, this man that for all intents and purposes had no power. He was powerless. He, was, he had been beaten and flogged. Pilate ordered him to be flogged, scourged, and he was a bleeding mess. So why would he fear him? Because the presence of Almighty God was all around him, because he was God. And yes, that true God had come in the flesh and walked among men. And it wasn't a fable or like the many gods that they followed, but this was the true living God created all the universe was standing before him. And what made it even more ironic was Jesus had declared, I am the truth. I am the life. I am the way. Jesus didn't say, I speak the truth. He says, I am truth. Everything that is, I am. That's just mind-boggling. The truth of science, the truth of how the worlds were made, the truth of the invisible, hell and heaven and everything that is in between, the truth how God made man, the truth about every law that God created, every scientific law, everything that exists is based on truth. And Jesus said, that's me. I am that. I am the truth. And so why is this so important to you and I? Because when we pray, we need to know the Bible. And lots of times people ask me, well, what's more important, prayer or reading the Bible? And my answer is, what's more important, breathing in or breathing out? You breathe in the Word of God, and then you're able to breathe out. You're able to breathe out prayers. You'll be able to be a witness for Christ. You're able to breathe out truth because you've taken truth in. I always find it best to read my devotions first, to read my Bible chapters or whatever I'm studying that morning, and then pray. Because now the truth is coming into me, and God can guide me by his Holy Spirit into how I should pray, inspired by the truth that I just read. I remember what Jesus called the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. It is the basis for everything that we do. So, if you really want to be set free, set free from anxiety and fear and all the things that crush in on all of us, none of us are exempt from these things. We all have them. The world is, can be a, a pretty treacherous place to live. But if we want to be free, because Jesus said, who the sun sets free is free indeed. And how do we get that freedom? It's through the truth, the truth of his love for us, the truth of what he has for us, the future that he has for us, the truth that we just don't die and lay in the ground. The truth is that to be absent from the body is to be in the presence of the Lord. All the truths that we could go on forever and talk about in the Bible give us peace because now we know what really exists and how it exists. And it gives us great comfort, gives us great power when we pray. Because we understand 
we're just not giving good vibes to people, like some people like to say. And I'm sure that they wish well, and they mean well, but it doesn't do anything. Prayer, based on truth, moves mountains. So I pray that God will continue to enrich you and strengthen you. And if you feel like you're stuck in a rut and you've been going in circles and things don't seem to be changing and everything seems to be locked in and the same old, same old, I pray that you will reevaluate where you are in your devotion to God as far as the Word of God goes and your prayer life, because that's what's going to break the chains. That's what's going to open up new revelation to you. That's what's going to give you new meaning. And we need new revelation every single day. We need to hear from God, not once a week or once a month or once a year or whatever. We need to hear from God every day. And it keeps us not only on the straight and narrow, but it gives us words of life to speak to others who are desperate to hear the truth. So I pray that the Lord will continue to bless you. So let me pray for you. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you will bless all those that are listening to me today. Father, that you would touch them, you would touch their families, they would open, you would open up doors they never dreamed possible. God, show yourself strong as you always do, God. Lord, let us march forward, God, casting the enemy aside, shattering the darkness, setting the captives free as you told us you would do through us. So we thank you for that in Jesus' name. This is Russ Galso for Chronicles of the End Times. Keep looking up. The King is coming.